Okay. Well, I got the bottom half right. I was going to dun 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 dun. Welcome to the first ever Between the Sheets pop culture podcast. Tentatively named, named possibly to change. I am Jim. And I'm Al. <laughs> You're Allie, huh? Am I? What am I not? Well, I don't know. You sounded like you were trying to be seductive there. That's all. It's very interesting. I'm not trying to be seductive. Well, we are in bed. Oh, dear. Which, actually, that's kind of a good point to make here because... Um, Allie and I have been together for 12 years, and we have a love of different kinds of pop culture. And a lot of times, what ends up happening is we'll be in bed, and usually about five minutes before we go to sleep, one of us ends up having to say something to one another about something we watched, either that night or three nights ago, and we end up staying up for about the next hour and a half discussing it. So Allie said, you know, we, we, we did this with our, uh, this week's topic, which was. Oh, um, Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman, the original? <laughs> 84. Oh, 84. Oh. Wonder Woman 84. Well, the- you know, Wonder Woman. Why does it matter? Because it didn't matter to the storyline. No, 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 no. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. We're that's the reason we're doing this podcast. So we're doing this on Wonder Woman eighty four, um, which came out December twenty fourth, two thousand twenty, and we were fortunate enough that we already had HBO, and we found out by pure luck that we get Max for free. So we were like, yay! Let's watch Wonder Woman. And we did. Hmm. And um, that's what we're uh, here to discuss because we ended up sitting in bed and discussing this for an hour. And Allie said, you know, something to the effect of um, we should record this or something. And I said, we should turn this into a podcast. And we did. We are. Oh, (laughs) we're we're currently in the process. No, this is this is filmed out of order. It's we're up. fixing it in post. <laughs> so, yes, we'll try to have some fun here. Maybe throw in some, you know, little music interludes, um, things like that. to Keep it fresh. We'll try not to keep your time too long. But uh, we thought we'd give this a shot and hopefully you, uh, you know, like what we do. So that's what we're here to do. What do you say we get into the film? Do we have to? Well, it's going to be a very short podcast if we don't. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, you're all, You're already... By the way, this was your idea. It sounds like you're already not even wanting to do this. It's not that. It's, I don't want to go back to 1984 again. Uh, well, we're going to have to. because we already lived it twice now. <laughs> we're, we're talked about this film, and we're going to talk about it one more time. So we're going to get started. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Wonder Woman uh, 84, which was produced uh, by Warner Brothers and uh, directed by the original uh, Wonder Woman, 
uh, director Patty Jenkins, who also uh, co-wrote this. I think it's fair you have to say the original Wonder Woman film that just came out. Not the original Wonder Woman, because there is an original Wonder Woman, and there's probably a director out there who's probably very upset (laughs) that you just said that they didn't exist. We're more referring to the current uh, DC Universe uh, Wonder Woman films here. We don't want to get too technical. I'm sure there was actually... Actually, there was a Wonder Woman film back in the 1970s uh, made for TV starring Kathy Lee Crosby as the original, original, original Wonder Woman who later became Linda Carter for the television series. So uh, Kathy Lee Crosby was actually a blonde. Did Linda Carter take over her body? <laughs> Did somebody make a wish? <laughs> right. So let's just let's just go ahead right now and tell you that if you have not watched the film, uh, this is a full review and breakdown and critique of the entire film. So if you have not seen this film, uh, we just want to warn you right now. You're going to want to watch the film first. So watch the film, come back, and listen to us, and, you know, see if you agree or disagree. So, or maybe you're not going to want to watch <laughs> But if they listen to us, they definitely aren't going to want to watch the film. But let's, again, not get ahead of ourselves uh. here. The bad guys in this film um, were a kind of uh, wealthy businessman huckster um, of a name which we will not bring up in this podcast, who is very reminiscent of a current uh, huckster. Lex Luthor? Sure, let's go with Lex Luthor, yes. Um, His name is Maxwell Lord, and he is all about um, uh, getting people to like him and to buy into his um, kind of pyramid scheme uh, plans. He originally appeared in um, 1987, which was three years after the time that this film takes place in, um, in the comics, of the DC comics, uh, in a Justice League reboot. Uh, he was a metahuman with mind control abilities. So, isn't that hmm. interesting? That doesn't sound a thing like Max Lord. Hmm. Uh, we also have Cheetah. Um, uh, who has been around for a very, very, very long time with Wonder Woman. Um, she had multiple people um, actually play her in the comics. That is to say, there's been more than one Cheetah. Uh, the original character goes back to uh, Wonder Woman issue number 6, 1943. Uh, um, Barbara Minerva, who is the cat, the excuse me, the Cheetah in this film, um, she first appeared also in 1987, three years after this film takes place um, in Wonder Woman Volume 2, Number 7. So she almost appeared on almost the exact same issue the second time around. Some other little facts, quick facts about the film uh, in pre-production. Emma Stone was uh, the, the first studio choice for playing Cheetah, uh, for playing Barbara. Um, she declined, and uh, Kristen Wiig got it instead, who was Patty Jenkins' first choice. Emma Stone... According to the internet, she's five foot six. And we thought she was, I actually thought she was a lot shorter than five foot six. I, I, I never really considered her height. Sorry. <laughs> um, Gal Gadot is five foot ten. Uh, Kristen Wiig, she's five foot five. She's shorter than Emma Stone. Okay, I'm still not seeing the problem, but I'm sure you're going to. I thought Kristen Wiig was this 
you know, I thought she was closer to like 5'10", maybe even six foot. I thought she was actually a very tall woman. The film was also written apparently to be a standalone from the DC um, cinematic universe, um, kind of a one-off story. In other words, there's actually no connection to, uh, outside of the original film, it doesn't tie into anything in the future like most of the Marvel films do, like Captain oh. and Captain Marvel, for example. Um, the film is also 151 minutes long, or just over two and a half hours long, America. Wow. Wonder Woman 84 begs the question, why 1984? Why was this year picked as the point that we had to have a sequel? And that not only that, had to be included into the name of the film. Did something happen in 84? Lots of things happened in 84. Mm. Um, we were actually pretty much towards the end of the uh, Cold War era, which had started uh, just after World War II. Um, tensions were still high, but uh, we had a failed Star Wars program that was going to bounce lasers off of satellites, like in Spies Like Us. I personally thought it was made more to kind of make fun of leg warmers and fanny packs myself. But... <laughs> I guess that's one reason. It certainly seemed that way when I watched it in the trailer, that's for sure. I thought it was the wild success of other films like Stranger Things that were set in the same time period. This is also choose to do it. a very good point. And ironically, both of them have a character named Steve that became very popular. Isn't that interesting? Uh, I suppose it's interesting. Well, it is to me anyway. I just thought of it just now. So. <laughs> So that leads us to uh, my next question, which is, why Steve? If you've seen the original, Steve Trevor was a World War I pilot that befriended uh, Diana Prince and ultimately fell in love with, and he ends up, spoiler alert, sacrificing himself with a plane full of explosives and uh, chemical explosives and saves the world from being poisoned. Okay. And we did see him die? He did die. On screen. He did die on screen. Yes. Yes. So we didn't see his flesh come off his bones, but the plane blew up and everyone can safely assume Very, that there was... No comparison to another man named Steve who crashed a plane in a war film and was not seen dead. 50 years, or 60 years. 60, 70? 70, I think, many at this years. point. Many years. Many, many years. It depends on which, which if you want to look at the comics or the TV or the movies. So, uh, Steve uh, comes back because this story involves a magic talisman that is a, an ancient stone that is found and put into the Smithsonian collection, which Diana Prince now works at, in 1984 as a curator. And as a result, um, they find out slowly that um, when anyone touches the stone and, or, yeah. They have to touch the stone. They touch the stone. Yeah. Um, they end up, end up getting a, a wish made. Um, the problem is it's a bit of the monkey's paw uh, clause, which means that you lose something that is valuable to you. Um, so in this case, Diana... Um, in her heart of hearts, has longed for her dead boyfriend of some 70 years, seventy plus, almost 70 plus years at this point, um, that she misses him. And lo and behold, at a party that she is 
talked into attending. She wasn't even supposed to be there that day. Not even supposed to be there that day. <laughs> it's a clerk, clerk's reference if you didn't get that, everybody. Um, she ends up seeing a gentleman at the party, and he ends up becoming Steve Trevor. Steve just kind of magically appears. It doesn't take on the physical presence of Steve Trevor. I mean, like the... the Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The bone structure doesn't change. I mean, he is literally that 80s guy. What you're saying is that with he... With Steve's he, essence inside he, of him. He body hijacks him. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. He snatches. He's a snatcher. He's a body snatcher. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> Except he's not a pod person or anything like that. Anyways, um, he essentially takes over this guy's body without any um, consent, so to speak. Why that guy's body? Or why for, that guy? Why specifically was I don't know. Because he did, was dashingly did, handsome. Did he make the stone angry one day somehow? I, I don't even well, he did attend the party, so you would assume that he is involved with the Smithsonian to some level. So I thought that was because Steve figured out how to use a phone book, which was the uh modern equivalent of a phone book from the nineteen tens. Fourteenth? <laughs> not I'm sure about that years. one. Sorry, but that's that's funny that you bring that up because I actually wanted to talk about the anachronistic things um, that are out of place in this film, um, songs, games, um, and whatnot. So, for example, um, there's actually only one song in the film. Why nineteen eighty four? Which had so many momentous, memorable songs. And for some reason, they failed to use anything but one inside of it. There was a second one that actually had someone wearing a T-shirt of a band with their rock album on their shirt. That album turned out to come out in 1986. That was just some extra who showed up dressed for the part. <laughs> Maybe. That wasn't on purpose. Maybe. That was, you know, just... They, they, casting call. Of course, they have to go to the mall because this, this film opens with... Um, Wonder Woman stopping a a bank robbery. Jewelry store Jewelry heist, store. Jewelry store heist. Which you Excuse did me. not earlier when you were talking about the Smithsonian and the items that wound up in the Smithsonian. This is true. All they right. wound up there because the jewelry store was a front for a antiquities... Black market. Syndicate, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, in, in this, this you know, Washington Mall, which is totally believable. Um, so, yeah, I failed to mention that. That's how the stone ends up into the collection of the Smithsonian because it gets turned over because it's believed to be ancient and they go through all these other relics and the stone just happens to stand out for some reason. They gave them everything. They, yeah, I, yeah. I don't... So, beside, that, that's besides the point. But the matter is is that the, this, this wish stone becomes the, the MacGuffin, if you will, um, for the film. That, oh, MacGuffin. It's, it's citrine. It's not even a good stone. It's just it's what crap is made out of. It's like, what is their problem? Okay. Uh, Sorry. There's also um, other things in the film that are completely anachronistic. Uh, in the arcade at the, uh, at the mall, they show two games, Rampage and uh, Operation Wolf. Rampage came out, I believe, in 1989. Uh, I do know that Operation Wolf didn't come out until 1987 because I was playing that in junior high, not grade school. And yes, I have just dated myself. Congratulations. What if, what, what are the chances that those are the names of any of the... What? The what? The pop culture, sorry. Um, the names of any of the comic storylines, like 
Rampage, Wonder Woman, Rampage, or Wonder Woman Operation, Operation Wolf. Wolf. I don't know. I would find. I would love to read that issue, <laughs> Wonder Woman Operation Wolf. That sounds pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> well, what are the chances? I don't Maybe know. That's a thing. Maybe that's yeah. the reason they're out of date. Wonder Woman, Ms. Pac-Man. There you go. You know. uh, so they also have LED boards in this film. They're actually in the subway station, which we'll get to in a minute. Oh. Um, there's uh, cars that are actually out of date in terms of their existence, uh, which is another thing. They talk about Porsches. I, they didn't really feature Porsches all that much in this either. Um, and everybody wanted a Porsche back then. You know, Porsches were the 1984 car. You... You wanted a car. Well, they said something about that, actually. They did. They did. They mentioned it in the film. Well, they, yeah. He was like, what's with you guys in these Porsches? Because everyone that was wishing was wishing for a Porsche. Yeah. Well, there were other cars, too, that just didn't exist in that time period. Um, wow. For example, the uh, later in the film, there's an Egyptian um, car chase, and the bad guy's main car, apparently, from what I've read on the internet, didn't exist until 1990 or 1991, depending on your source. So I saw a white Ford Bronco in the background. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, there's also um, the issue of uh, com- computer screens, which, again, we'll get to uh, in a bit. Um, the subways and the escalators, uh, which Steve Trevor is amazed by in this film, um, escalators turned out to exist in his time period long before... Um, they actually uh, were an issue. So he probably should have at least seen or ridden one at that point. He definitely should have ridden the subway because both in New York and in England, where the original film largely took place, mm-hmm. uh, especially in England, they had existed since 1886. Uh, given that he, he knew his way around the city, it seems like he probably should have known about subways and not been that surprised about it. I've also read that uh, because this takes place in D.C., they they frequently show signs down the subway of the Silver Line, which, again, did not exist until the 90s. So somebody was really not doing their homework in this film, paying attention to when things existed versus when things didn't exist, and simply just slapping something over to hide it. It's pretty simple to do in the movie business. And yet this film constantly seemed to be taking things out of its time periods. Nobody seemed to be doing their homework on this. So there's that. Um, the CGI practical effects in this film. Do you, or, or, or that is to say, like the wire work. Do you have any thoughts about any of that? Those kids should be dead. Okay. She crushed them. What she's talking about here, if you if you're not familiar, um, if you don't remember, because you maybe maybe you fell asleep on the film or you just flat out quit it. Well, I mean, it was at the next hour and a half mark, maybe two hours into the film. I'm not really sure. It was pretty far in. Well, as it turns out, between the first action scene where the mall the mall uh, heist takes place, uh, the next action scene, which is this scene that she's speaking of with these kids happens 82 minutes later. There's no action in the film for another 82 minutes. And um, there were, this is, this film was, you know, filmed approximately 2018, 2019. They've had an additional six to nine months to work on this film, to work any kinks out of it. And yet, Gal Gadot looks like she is clearly running on wires when she's running down any street for the most part, if she has to run super fast. You can see, like, her feet floating. It looks like they're barely even touching the ground. And 
<laughs> she she la what does she do to when she grabs the lasso? What does she lasso when she does this? There's two kids in the street and she has to get them out of the way. Oh, the one the one street light that exists in uh Egypt in nineteen eighty four. In the middle of the desert where the children are playing in the street. Yes. Because there's no place else to play. In a desert. Except they've got Miles and miles and miles of nothing but desert all around them. So, but they're playing in the street. They're playing in the street, sure. And she 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 lassos the light, ta- swoops up the kids before the cars run them over. And in the process, as the camera cuts away and comes back, she she tumbles with these kids, and you can clearly tell. Well, let's be fair; those children aren't even CG children. Those were practical effect baby doll children that she well that's what i was crushed. just going to say they were they were clearly not children and but the point of the matter is, is it was a terrible tumble and it was poorly shot and poorly edited um there were other parts in this film where there was also along those lines just before that steve rams his car his dinky little car into the back of this uh armored personnel carrier and it, i swear to god i thought he had actually ended up rear-ending the car and stopped because it was so poorly edited <laughs> I was like, oh, the chase is over. He stopped He stopped an APC with this Yugo car of his. So. <laughs> it was a taxi. Yeah. They bought it outright. They did. From That's the man. They did buy it Where'd outright. Where'd they get the money? Well, you know, they apparently keep the money at the Smithsonian, too, that she can borrow, I guess. I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, I thought Diana was self-sufficient, you know? Sure, sure. Um, but... Pockets full of bling. Pockets full of bling. You know? Also, the the length of the time of this film is over two and a half hours. That's usually a runtime that's reserved for something like, you know, Marvel's uh, Endgame or maybe the Justice League film. Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind, (laughs) you know? This is a film that felt like it needed about a half hour cut out of it. And if if Jack could just have gotten on the door, they all would have lived. I mean... Not to mention that Wonder Woman probably could have fit on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, this this just there's just a whole host of problems with this film. Um, she she learns two new powers in a period of like two to three days in the course of this film. She learns to suddenly turn things invisible, which makes a reference to the her famous invisible jet. Um, she does this in order to hide the jet that. She and her boyfriend steal uh, from the museum she works at, which apparently is fully gassed, ready to go, out in the uh, out on a runway. Just a dumb question. Is that how radar works? Like, if I can't see it, it's not, it doesn't show up on radar? <laughs> well, I don't see, think that's how radar works. See, and it's, it's been a kind of a contested point in, in uh, this I've seen among some fans. They go, well, yes, no, it would not work. And others are like, well, there's, she's cast a, a invisibility force field around it. So maybe the radar do- goes straight through it instead. And, you know, we're getting into comic book territory here. And I think it's something that is probably better left to the nerd core about. But the fact of the well, matter remains. getting into comic book territory. Aren't they going to say, hey, look at those two people flying in that invisibleness up oh, there? Oh, but when you're cloaked, everything within that item is cloaked with it. Yes, unlike where you've always seen it in the comics, where in the cartoon, the Super Friends cartoon, where yes, in fact, there is this weird image of a woman just flying yeah. in a sitting position. It's very bizarre, regardless. She also learns to apparently fly 
Um, despite I don't recall her flying in it's the Justice League. It's falling with style. Is that what it was? Yeah. I, I could have sworn it was actually flying. She was learning to glide. Yeah, she was kind of gliding. Gliding. Because she, she was doing what he told her to do, which is riding the wind. Ride the wind. Is that all it takes? Feeling the ebbs and the flows of yeah, and and wings. But apparently, that's all it takes for humans to 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 glide. She's is, not human. Well, she's not human. But what makes her exactly different about her that she can do this better than the rest of us? Uh, many, many years of practice. Ah, but here's the thing. She learned in a matter of minutes. Minutes. She hadn't been practicing this for the past 70 years. She learned that day. Look, if discount Steve Rogers can learn to fly a jet in 20 minutes. <laughs> when he was only flying biplanes? Right. Yeah. Flipping switches and knowing about fuel ratios and... And handling jet engines and things of that nature. Sure, that makes sense. Because, you know, he told... On what just happens to be 4th of July? Yeah, on 4th of July. And he flew a plane from Washington, D.C. on Cairo on one tank of gas. Mm -hmm. Which is a remarkable feat, I have to say. Oh, and of course, again, mentioning those fireworks, felt the need to fly said plane through the fireworks just to impress his girlfriend, apparently. Just to butter her up even more and have a romantic moment, I guess. I don't know. It looked good in the trailer. That's for sure. Did it? Was it even in the trailer? Oh, it's very much in the trailer. Yes, it's a very showy little piece with the rainbow colors coming off the canopy and everything. It's very pretty, and they're looking like as if they're sitting on a grassy knoll somewhere watching fireworks go off, too. It's it's so beautiful. So, so yeah. Um, so, she also doesn't have her sword and shield in this like she had back in World War I and in the Justice League film. For some reason, she doesn't have her two weapons that she featured in both films. Apparently, she left them at home that day, apparently, uh, for this film. And instead, she focuses solely on using her magic lasso, which, by the way, I feel they, they really used much, much better than they have in the past. She did a lot, a lot of new little tricks with it, in addition to very Indiana Jones kind of stuff, almost kind of like... Um, the, what was his name, who did the uh, the Wild West uh, show with Annie Oakley? Um, Buffalo Bill. Looks like she did some kind of, like, Buffalo Bill tricks with her, with her lasso, which I thought was kind of neat. Oh, and you can use it to jack into the internet of the 1984s. Can you? Well, how else would she get her message out? Oh, yeah, I mean, towards the end of the film, but we'll yeah. get we'll get to that in, in a bit here as, as we talk a little more about that. Um, she also um, ends up having this beautiful suit of armor, which they, you know, nice to hang a lantern on early in the film, is that she's got it just hanging in a brown sack on her wall in her office. <laughs> in her, at, her, at her secret lair, I guess, of her apartment. I think that was her apartment. Where, her apartment where she's watching people, uh, a la Princess Bubblegum. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and they talk about, oh, oh those are just, that's an ancient armor that uh, the but original... she doesn't have a TV. But she doesn't have a T. That's true. She doesn't have a T. But she has lots of monitors to watch things with. So there's mm-hmm. that. Yes. Um, and this this suit of armor shows up towards the end of the film, uh, where she has already um, renounced her wish um, of bringing her boyfriend back to life because what it was doing was sapping her powers. This entire film, and. As a result, she gets her powers back, but for some reason, as she has to go to the final destination where 
Maxwell Lord and uh, the not yet cheetah, because she does not know that she has turned into a cheetah woman. She is just simply a woman that was impressed by Diana, wanted to be Diana, wanted to be everything that Diana was, which meant that she became a demigod herself. And as a result, she apparently gets to one-up her wish because now Maxwell Lord has become the wish stone himself. And uh, hands out wishes like they're candy. And uh, she ends up uh, becoming uh, Cheetah. So, okay, well, wait, but the, so the stone was making him sick. Yes. But by having more wishes, he was getting better? Yes, because what it was is that he was gaining people's health uh, from right. as a result of it. They he were could pick what he wanted. Right. They were probably waking wishes related to health related things or their health was their most important asset. And as a result, he was absorbing it and becoming healthier himself. Um, which also brings us, of course, to well, let's go back real quick to get back to the armor before we finish this. Um, the armor, by the way. Uh, never made an appearance in the comics until 1996 for a Kingdom Come story, which was actually an entirely different kind of genre of a comic all its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and she shows up with this armor, which has wings on it. And this armor held off an army of invader men uh, in her historical past with other warriors from her island. And she wears this to fly in and upon landing, gets into this five-minute fight with Cheetah, who tears it apart like it was tissue paper. And it's kind of like, there's two questions here. One, why is this armor so pathetically weak? It held off an entire army, but can't hold off one lady with claws. Mm. And number two, she has now gotten her powers back. She is now full back to full demigod status. And she doesn't need it. Was it because she just wanted to glide in with style even more? I hate to think that a lot of the things that were done in the film were really just created to make a pretty trailer because it does look flippin' awesome. I do believe, in in fact, I agree. I think that was nothing more than uh, delicious trailer eye candy. And when I say eye candy, I mean as in like everybody's like, whoa, that armor looks so cool. It wasn't like meant to be like sexy or anything like that, I feel. I feel it was more like, that is awesome. It's kind of like as if Captain America got an even better shield, like it, it, it became two shields or something, kind of like that. It was a gimmick. It was a gimmick armor of, of armor, or suit of armor. You know, it was gold. It changed her outfit completely. Mm. You know, but it felt very 1984, too. Gold, gold head to toe, solid gold, 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 solid gold dancers. Like an Oscar award to me. Like, where's her little podium to stand on and hand her out to everybody? (laughs) I don't know if this film's going to be winning any Oscars, and it certainly won't. Not for special effects, I can tell you that right now. Woof. So, so, um, Cheetah herself again, the main supposed to be like the main rival, at least of Wonder Woman. This film. Um, she's in it for a whopping five minutes. This is not to say the character herself. Barbara Minerva, who we mentioned earlier, um, she is in the enti- most most of the entire film um, because, again, she admires Diana. She wants to be Diana. There's even 
you know, subtle undertones that maybe she likes Diana in such a way that wasn't as... Um, it, it, you, you keep know. saying that, but I don't... I, don't, I never saw that. Well, I always thought that she just was like, wow, you're really awesome. I really just wish I could be you. I want to be the center of attention. I kind of felt like she had a crush on her a little myself. But but uh, it was the classic trope of, oh, the nerdy girl is wearing glasses. Let's take them off. And oh, my God, she's so hot now. Yes. Oh, not to mention the fact they, they do introduce that whole nerdiness. She she gets bumped and spills her briefcase full of papers. It's, it was a kind of a, a new take on the whole. He's carrying an armload of books and drops them, you know. When he gets when he gets bumped and, and chided for it, so to speak, sure, sure, you know. You know. Um, so yeah, she shows up and she turns into this cheetah character who again, longtime rival of Wonder Woman, in it for an entire five minutes because up until that point she was completely human and she wasn't expecting it and it didn't really take all that much to fight her. It was it film it was shot in apparently. Um, some sort of like sewer tunnel, I guess, with no lighting because it was about as dark as one. Um, why was that so dark? Was it raining? It's been rumored that maybe this was done because it was hiding very bad CG effects that they didn't really get up to snuff. Hmm. And as a result, they turned down the brightness on this to kind of hide this. And they were fighting in the early dawn hours at this remote base that the bad guy had. Uh, used as a satellite um, kind of overtake of all electronic devices that broadcast, as the film liked to say, because Maxwell Lord uses his power to infiltrate the White House, get the White House, as it were, and as a result, starts a inadvertent nuclear war because the Ronald Reagan-esque president um, gives him immunity from everything, but in trade says that he wants to have um, all the missiles, more missiles, to counteract Russia, which only escalates the whole tension. And this is kind of where the whole 84 thing comes in, back to the Cold War. Because you've got a situation where everybody was tense that somebody was going to push the button and they were all going to fire the missiles at one another. Only now, not only did America get missiles and Russia found out, Russia wished for more missiles because Maxwell Lord went on TV with his magic satellite dishes and turned all computers that are not connected to the internet because it wasn't a thing in 1984. The internet existed. You don't have to write in or complain to us. We know the internet existed, but it was not the internet that we know today. It was not generally something that the public could access. And as a result, all these computers are turned on and broadcast like televisions, which were not capable of doing that. But again, magic wish stone makes everything happen makes all technologies work, which brings me to that other LED thing I was mentioning earlier, that there were there were LED boards in like Times Square and in and, and London that didn't exist at the time mm. that were broadcasting his image, you know, like a television, like they are today, <laughs> like we have. So <laughs> there's that too, um, which kind of brings up this whole thing. Once the situation is resolved and everything goes away, including Steve, um, the magic missiles that have been fired by Russia just dissolve and disappear, right? They just, mm -hmm. poof, they're gone. But yet, let's talk again about how 
Steve Trevor apparently has to hijack a body in order to come to life. Why is it that nuclear missiles mm. suddenly get to come to life, and yet Steve Trevor has to take a man's body away from him for days on end to Not hang to out mention, with his girlfriend? What did that body do while it was with... Where did that, that man, my, man's mind go? Was he in purgatory? Was he in somebody else's body? Was he was he was he wished to a stone himself? Was he in the wish stone, perhaps? I don't know. The wish stone doesn't exist anymore. Now it's just dust. Now it's just dust. Yes. So there's that. Um, so this also kind of brings up the the fact of why. Um, what was this kind of uh, this thing about say about Diana that she has been without Steve for seventy years and she's kind of like. I don't know. It just kind of felt like she was almost not anything without him. She's she's avoided helping the public. She's stayed out of the limelight. She's kept herself off of cameras. And yet, you know, she's more than willing to, like, I guess, put the world at risk for her boyfriend to come back to life, so to speak. I don't know. Maybe? Thoughts? Hmm. Okay, so um, what other kind of issues did you have? Oh, I don't know. I, so you're saying um, they turned Wonder Woman, who was a feminist icon, into a woman who only cares about the one guy that she loved. What was what's the point in that? That's I, not Wonder Woman. I mean, I don't know if that's what I'm saying specifically, but it did seem like she was... <laughs> Kind of, it seems like he was maybe leading her around. Maybe she was leading him around. I don't know. They were a good team, I suppose, together. Um, but it seemed like there was a, a, a greater risk, I think, in the end that maybe didn't necessarily even need to have Steve there. Like, what was, what was, what was the point of Steve? Well, I, I, I feel, I think, here's, here's what I think. I think Steve was brought back by the studio. I don't think that Patty Jenkins actually had written this, um, but there, 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 was, there was heavy talk that the studio had a lot of interference with this film and the script, and that he was brought back because simply because he was popular and he's, and he's Chris Pine and he's handsome and he's a good actor and everything like that. And but if you're going to bring him back, why put him in somebody else's body? I know we see him as Diana saw him because right. that was the whole flocky answer for why, you know, mm -hmm. if he's in somebody else's body, she still knows who he is because he touched her hand in a certain way. <laughs> and gave her a watch. Gave her a watch. Yeah. He gave her his Casio. <laughs> Calcutron 5000. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Like, but I think he was only brought in simply to take away her powers because Wonder Woman is pretty much unstoppable. Just like she is pretty much the equivalent to Superman, short of being being able to fly and having X-ray vision for the most part, uh, and maybe super breath. I don't think she's ever done the super breath thing, but you know, which is the probably hell is super breath. Oh, yeah, like blowing out fires and, oh. and, and <laughs> okay, I thought it was like like tornadoes. Yeah. Oh, so minty. Yeah, or or super garlic breath and just <laughs> causing <laughs> bad guys to pass out or something like oh, that. Oh my. Yeah. That's a different kind of uh 
film. Yeah. That was well, that's, Mystery Men. Yeah. Think, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, they had the um the 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 Pee Wee Herman character, uh, rather I should say Paul Rubens. He was yeah. was not Pee Wee Herman in that film. But yeah. Um all right. So that that being said, I think that's the the only reason he's there. He's simply to make her weaker uh in order for um there to be a real battle of two women going at it, um, you know, so to speak. Because it was a woman fighting a woman. Well, this is something that the Wonder Woman comics have always usually had. More often than not, she she had a, uh, a rogues gallery of female um, villains. She she doesn't have nearly as many male um, villains that she has to battle. The the comic constantly was always using female you know archetypes and 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 ne'er do wells uh, for her to battle. This is something that they always have had. Okay, so even in that, like, I think one of the other mistakes mm-hmm. or, you know, you brought Steve back. Okay, that's that's great. You brought Steve back. But what made the first film work was the merry band of men and women that she worked with, too. Like, um, Oh, you mean the guys from World War One? and the, yeah. So we're getting, you know, getting back to the, the, uh, the thing with Cheetah and everything. There, I thought there was a lot going on with her that I think was good in terms of what they were doing with her. Like, even though she lost her humanity and her sweetness and, and her personality as a trade-off to the monkey's paw of becoming more like Diana, I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed the second uh, run-in with her attacker that she ended up nearly uh, killing him because she just had had enough with him. And she threw him into a truck and she kicked him down the street. And it was, it, you know, take it for what you will. I'm, I'm not for, for killing anybody at all. But at the same time, I thought it thoroughly enjoyable that this guy was getting the crap kicked out of him. Because it seemed like every guy in this film was, was a misogynist. And, you know, and this just, you know, hey, baby, what's going on? Hey, hey, good looking, you know. And I am not denying that men do this, you know, it happens all the time. However, it seemed like this film was showing that in 1984, every single man in 1984 was nothing more than a pig and wanted to just simply hit on women when they walked by. And to see this one guy get the crap kicked out of him, again, very rewarding. Um, And that was actually kind of my favorite part of this entire film, actually, was to see this guy, you know, taught a, a very harsh lesson you know um so yeah that was mine okay well i thought it went too far and i didn't like it but that's okay okay what what do you when you say it went too far well, what do you mean first of all um was he super too because she certainly dented that that van when she threw him into it oh you're saying was well i mean she did apparently have her her, her strength we know that you know, because she was able to do a lot she more She was certainly full of strength, but he didn't die immediately when she <laughs> smashed his head into a van? Oh, you mean his spine? His spine. Yeah, and like completely sunk know? the side of it in. Yeah. And he still got up and was looking to walk away. And then she tells the nice little, I guess, homeless man to mind his own business and get the hell away from her. Yeah. That she was nice to earlier. And, right. I don't know. I know. That's, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. That's, and that's fine too. Yeah. So, but that, that's, that was kind of setting up the whole thing where I felt she was being shown that she had lost 
control of her humanity and was now becoming a very dangerous and evil person, so to speak, you know. Um, and what was she even doing? Going out to jog or something? Was that what that was? She was just going for a nighttime stroll out in D.C. in the okay. 1980s, which you don't do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's true. And, yeah, she heard the guy, she recognized his voice, turned around, and actually incited him to start something with her uh, after he'd already hit on her again. And once she realized that she turned around and brought the guy into this situation to kind of, again, kick the crap out of him, which was kind of interesting, so to speak. So there's that. So anyway, sorry, so I, I liked it, you didn't like it. So that's that's interesting. Okay, so what else didn't you like? <laughs> do we have a couple of hours? Well, all right. So I guess the better question is, what did you like um, about mm-hmm. this film, if anything? Um, well, this film certainly had long periods of silence. Apparently it had 82 minutes worth between action scenes. What did I like? I don't know. There was just so much going on. Um, Speaking of going on, there was a lot of issues where it seemed like it was trying to be campy, and then it was trying to be deadly serious, and then it was trying to be romantic and it was trying to be you know um kind of you know memorable like hey remember the 80s it's the 80s and it just seemed like it couldn't find its voice in this film it was seemed like it was trying to do too much which is kind of weird considering it had two and a half hours to do it and yet felt like it wasn't doing anything um to me, have you seen the original Superman films with Christopher Reeve? I was not a fan. You were not a fan? So you did see them? But I'm pretty sure I saw yeah, them. Yeah, but you remember them at least. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it kind of felt like as if, like, at points there were a lot of kind of Donner-esque kind of, you know, feelings to the way this was shot and, and looked. And, you know, there was, like, paper strewn everywhere and, you know, cars in the streets and, you know, just messy offices and... You know, and had again had that whole kind of camp where people are getting thrown around and, you know, maybe not necessarily with injury. And and yet, you know, again, it seemed like it was trying to be like very modern, very Marvel-ish in terms of some of the action. I don't know. I love that first one. I don't think anybody argues that that first mall scene fight wasn't anything but just straight up fun. I mean, it was a great fight, you know. I mean, it was one-sided. They... <laughs> It was a kind of the classic, the bad guys have absolutely no chance against the hero. Kind it of like, was like Home Alone in a Mall. Okay, well, maybe. I mean, I kind of felt like it was almost like the, the Spider-Man um, fight from the original, um, what was it, The Homecoming, where Peter stops the bank robbers. And uh, they were writing, they were uh, stealing from the ATM and they basically got in a lucky shot, you know, mm-hmm. that ended up almost killing the bodega um, owner. But... Um, in other words, he wasn't really, for the most part, they were overmatched by a Wonder Woman in this, sure. you know, and, and, you know, he, she tosses the little girl off to safety and she lands at a teddy bear, which was so cute. And, you know, and, and she takes her, 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 um, her, uh, what do you call it? Her headband off and uses it as a boomerang to take out the cameras so that nobody can film her. Um, why did she tell the kids shush? Because she wants everybody to not know that, you know. He didn't see me. I was a ghost. So she was so fast that nobody saw. Not so much that she was so fast. I mean, there were instances where she moved so quick, but I think it was more of a time when you know you didn't have anybody with a with a camera on hand, especially not a phone that could take pictures like we do today. 
and um, I, she just again wants to kind of avoid being seen. If you if you remember in Justice League or or or, or rather it was the Batman Superman film, I should say. Oh, I know which one. I know what you're referring to. Yeah, she yeah. wants to hide throughout time, and it's only because Bruce Wayne discovers an old photo of her that he discovers that she's been around for the better part of a century at this point, and. Who is this mystery woman and whatnot? And at that point, she was also working at the uh, the Louvre in Paris. So let's talk about photos. Yes. Her apartment is filled with photos uh-huh. and newspaper clippings. Sure. About how great Wonder Woman is. Hmm. So that if anybody comes to her apartment... Wasn't it in her secret room, though? Or did she just no, have them out in her... One newspaper was next to the picture of something else and then she had a picture of herself at steve trevor's family's ranch i didn't even know they owned a ranch. yeah i didn't know they had a ranch either i don't know if he'd ever mentioned it in the original film maybe he had if it was it was a small detail that i certainly didn't notice um but yeah (laughs) apparently that was also to kind of extend how long she had been missing him that she went out to the ranch and visited it for some weird reason. And had her picture and taken. And had her and picture it, taken. And then... But she had the only copy of the photo, so... Well, how do you know that? Well, we don't know, but let's just Batman assume... Batman has a copy. Well, that wasn't the, that wasn't the Trevor Batman's Ranch photo. Batman's a lawyer. He's got copies of people's photos. Well, this is, this is another guy who likes to watch <laughs> monitors a lot, too. Hmm. So are we really surprised that the two at least got along to some degree, you know? A little weird, I think, for Wonder Woman to do it. She wasn't really known for having, you know... That kind of thing. If I don't think of it, I although I didn't read a lot of Wonder Woman comics growing up, I don't really call her kind of taking on a vigilante of justice in the night kind of way they made her her secret. I thought she worked for the Air Force. Well, she did in the TV show. Well, yeah. I guess all I know is the TV show. Yeah, the TV show from the eighties or the seventies, late seventies rather. Yeah, that was uh, something which also had Steve Trevor and then Steve Trevor's grandson when they jumped through time for no inexplicable reason um from the how does steve trevor have a grandson well he he very much lived in the show in the tv show he didn't die in in the in the tv show gotcha yeah he didn't die in an explosion or anything like that in fact what happened was is that between seasons um the it jumped networks and in the process it also jumped generations and Mm. It went from World War II to the 1970s when it was taking place. And maybe that's why they jumped to 84 as kind of like an extension of the original Wonder Woman TV show. I don't know. She didn't spin around and turn into Wonder Woman. I know that much. I don't know, but I wonder if anybody told Steve that there was a second war. That's true. What do you think that would have done, though? Would have added. It would not have added anything. I think it would have added another 20 minutes to the film. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) She could have explained something. like, okay, why... Okay, so Steve wakes up in this other guy's body. Uh-huh. He looks in the mirror. He right. sees other guy. Yeah. He But he looks around the apartment. Right. And he sees televisions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The guy was an engineer, I think they said. Okay. I don't, I don't know if that means he maybe had like a cell phone or something. Uh, I don't know what else would be in that dude's apartment. Other than the fact that he does say he spends half the day cleaning the guy's bedroom. So that's his first thought when he gets there is, I got to clean this bedroom. It's a disaster. Number well, he served in the military. He knows about having everything neat and tidy. Sure. Number two, his next thought is, I got to find Diana. And she just happens to be in the city that I'm in. And she's in the phone book. Woman doesn't want to be found. And she's in the phone book. Yes. 
She didn't pay that extra $5 to get herself unlisted, right. apparently. Yeah. 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 And and he can figure out how to get to her Yeah. workplace. Because she's in the phone book. Right. So her workplace is in the phone book. And, of course, they say, oh, well, that'll never change, you know, because right. that's the funny ha-ha. Ha-ha-ha. Because now... Phone books will be around forever. I what mean, they, the hell's a phone book? They, are, they do exist in 2021. And, yes, people still use them, but generally the overall thing is to go to Google and look for whatever you're looking Wait, for. Wait, you way. mean people use them to... Collect their dust on top of the refrigerator, right? That's... Probably, or they or, or maybe straighten out that uneven leg under their table. Probably. Or that thing where you oh you mean to bulletproof your car or that's, or that's to true. <laughs> you can do that to try and rip them in one giant one giant, which is something you could do if you wanted to, but that's that's for MythBusters, and you can find that on YouTube. It's yeah, possible. So like um, yeah. okay, so phone books. Yes, awesome. I'm sorry. Did they have? Dialable phones? Yes, they did. Back in nineteen. Oh, um, back in nineteen nineteen. I, I, I. Or was it still? You pick it up and you're like, I need to talk to Pennsylvania six five thousand, please. <laughs> and they connect you. Did they even have rotary phones? I don't know. I don't know my phone history, so. Uh, like, oh. actually, hold on. If they didn't have phones, how did they have a phone book? That's true. I am so confused about no, the time. No, actually, thing. I can tell you that that phone numbers did exist because I used to work at a public library and they had a very large historical um, archive of uh, local and regional books. And they had phone books were a thing that went back a long, long way. I mean, they went back to the early, early 1900s and ironically had just as many ads, if not more. They had ads lined in the corners of the pages on all four sides, but that's besides the point. So, yeah, I, I'm going to argue that, yes, phones existed. Rotary phones, I don't know, but you could certainly at least call, you could pick up your phone and, and reference a number and have it dialed for you mm. and reach that business because they were numbers all over those books. Okay. So, so that still doesn't explain how Steve knew to pick up a phone and well, I mean, we could touch it or dial it or yeah. For the kids out there, we used to have these things called rotary phones where you put your finger in a hole and you spun it around on a wheel on a wheel. Yes. So and then it would clack back and then you'd have to do it all over again. It took you twenty minutes. Yes. To dial a phone, and if you were really lucky, all the numbers were one. Yes. Yes. But but but. That's besides the point. So, all right. So anyway, beyond the phones, um, we had a lot of other things that just just seemed kind of weird. Again, we went talk about the subway, talk about the escalators. He's like, you know, freaked out by them by by moving stairs, you know. And I think, you know, <laughs> shouldn't he be freaked out by the fact that I'm assuming he took a cab to the Smithsonian? Yes. And it cost how much? Yeah. Where did and, in comparison? Well, where did he get the money? Ah, the man's wallet. Oh. Yeah, don't forget. He, he just because just yeah, it took over his money didn't mean he didn't have access to his wallet too. I so guess. you know, what do you use a check, ATM card? <laughs> ATM cards were a thing. Yet automatic teller. Yeah, <laughs> automatic teller was a thing in the cash. 1980s. Cash was king in eighty four. Didn't use ATM. No, hmm. ATMs didn't exist then. So we stopped by the bank on his way to the yes to the Smithsonian. Sure, and, sure, and his bank account and everything. Money. Okay, let's move on from this. <laughs> All right. This guy is like what happened. 
What, okay, so when he when he comes back and he's got his body back, what's this guy say? Like, what, what happened a week ago? I don't know where I've been for a week. Yes, um, and let's let's also talk about the fact that the, for some reason, um, and, and I don't want to I don't want to avoid this other topic because this is this is relevant to it too, and we'll get, we'll get to this. Um, we'll we'll get to the the other thing about this man's body, but <laughs> the film ends with absolutely. No repercussions discussed about what has happened to Maxwell Lord. Oh, wait a second. Hold or on. I, I know you want to talk, but I want to talk about this for real quick. The missiles yes. disappear. Right. But the wanton destruction, the cows in the streets. Yes, yes. cows in the streets. The trash cans being knocked over. Uh-huh. That all stays. Why? Well, because people knock them over. Just because people knocked people people made the missiles go. This wasn't this wasn't the Superman two where he went around the Earth and turned back time and and, and everything like that. That didn't happen. I'm sure they probably wanted to probably fit that into the script. That should have been the script. It should have been the script, but unfortunately, even though the wishes had been renounced, it doesn't clear up the fact that somebody knocked over a garbage can or flipped their car in a panic or, you know, opened the stables to the cows. You know, that's just that's just. An action that is they're going to have to live with to clean up. So that being said, the bad guys, as I said, did not end up having. They didn't even get arrested. Nope. They weren't even arrested. They were. They weren't nope. thrown in jail. Nobody died. Nope. And um, ultimately, Maxwell Lord finds his son after flying back from God knows where um, in a, in a random field after he wished his father back, who probably should have just warped back instantly. Should have just been like. Like transported right back to where his son was because he wanted to be with his father. Was this thing magic? Yeah. Or was it not? Uh, well, I clearly it was. It made missiles appear. It made magic missiles, you know. So, which they were firing. So maybe that wasn't a, a, a Dungeons and Dragons reference. I don't know. But that's besides the point. So anyway, the point of the matter is, is that they didn't even. They immediately cut to December, <laughs> six months later. It's yeah. now Christmas. Six months. They didn't even, like, have her walk by a, a television store where you see Maxwell Lord goes on trial today for his, you know, crimes against humanity and blah, blah, blah. Nothing of this at all. They just jump to the Christmas, and then she's she's at, you know, this Christmas festival, and who walks up but the guy that, that Steve Trevor had body hijacked for a couple of days and she ends up smiling at him, and they have a small discussion. And I swear to God, I thought she was going to ask him out on a date because, you know, she was being, they were just, they were so, they were getting so smiley at one another. And I'm like, is this going to be a thing? Is she going to find a new boy? Is this Steve Trevor's grandson that he never knew about or something, you know? So I, I don't know. Steve Trevor's brother's uncle's mother's sister's cousin. Ugh, well, ugh, you know. The point of the matter is, there is absolutely. No clear up as to what happened with these bad guys. They just disappeared. Mm. That's it. When I say disappeared, that is to say they never appeared in the film again. Did Minerva Mink go back to work? That's just it. They didn't like show that like she'd forgotten anything or, you know, they were still working together. Nothing. It they it felt like somebody cut something out or somebody just forgot to answer the question. The one thing that you always want to know, at least when it comes to a superhero film, is what happened to the bad guy. This film didn't even do that. It's not even like they got away or they went to jail. You just don't know. 
You just don't know. And I will tell you this, they're not going to do a Wonder Woman 96 that's going to answer this. You will never know unless it's some throwaway reference in another Justice League film, you know, three years down the road from now, whenever they recast everybody. Oh, look, here's some microfiche with some pictures of papers from 1984. Yeah. Maxwell Lord goes to jail. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, what's a microfiche? <laughs> <laughs> microfiche? Oh, it's Aquaman's movie now. So, you know, as we sat there watching this film, it was just... To the point that I remember even getting up and leaving the room while it was running. And I told you, just let it run. I didn't even care if I missed anything at this point. I think I went and got something to drink. Mm -hmm. And I came back. I missed three minutes of the film. I didn't miss anything as as a result. It was just that long that I even got to the point where I paused the film briefly just to see how much time was left on this film. And when I found out there was still another 35 minutes in it, I, st- I groaned. I, I didn't groan out loud. You didn't hear me. But I, in my head, I was going, oh, my God, it still has another half hour to go. And why? Why? Why was this as long as, again, a major, major film this was i mean granted it was it was the probably the only superhero film that came out in 2020 but why did it have to be two and a half hours it was not an epic this is not a film well, this is a film okay. that could have been done in Here's 90 part of the reason it had to be two and a half hours and you haven't even talked about it at all what's that why did we need the whole scene on Thermoscure, Wonder Woman's original island in the beginning why did we even need that oh well because cheaters never prosper or do cheetahs never prosper? Cheetahs I'm never not prosper. Really that sure. was it. There's your answer. You know, the, just a reference, real quick. So back in the beginning, if you saw this film, you better have saw this film because otherwise, why are you listening to this far? But Diana, of course, she young Diana, she ends up what they claim is cheating um, because she takes a slide as a shortcut to catch up to her horse that has gotten away from her, and. She's yanked away at the finish line from crossing, despite the fact she's going to win. Now, she would have lost anyway, because she missed a target, which was the whole point of this race. She had to hit five or six targets in the process of of, of doing, you know, uh, you know, Thermoscira Ninja and, you know... Uh, Ninja Warrior. Ninja Warrior, yeah. excuse me. And she ends up missing a target, and they... Hang they they hang the camera on it. She missed the target. The only target that hasn't been hit is the blue target. She clearly missed the target, and she takes the shortcut, catches up to the horse, gets ahead of everybody, and then they yank her off the finish line. And she said that she cheated. She didn't cheat. She just didn't finish the competition. She missed a marker, and all she did was take a take a shortcut to catch up to her horse that had already gone the distance. Was she supposed to run the dirt track and catch up to her horse again? No, she just wasn't supposed to finish the the race, but. The, but the idea was that they said that she cheated, and and again, I wish I would actually maybe gone back and watched this real quick at the beginning before we started this podcast. But it seemed like, like whatever the message was. Thirty minutes to, of my life to it. <laughs> but the thing is, is that whatever message was given to Diana, which usually gets conveyed again in the film later, it makes oh, that's what they were getting at. Seemed like it didn't apply to Diana, but rather that it applied to the bad guys. It applied to Maxwell Lord about cheating. And Cheetah. And Cheetah, you know. And like, but she wasn't, they weren't there for that, you know. 
she didn't take a shortcut. She didn't cheat anything. She just missed her boyfriend. She got disqualified. She, from what? Getting back her boyfriend. No. Um, <laughs> she got disqualified from the race because she missed the thing. But no, 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 no. I get that. I get that. That's fine. What I'm talking about, though, is what, what was that message that applied to her life in 1984, it applied to Maxwell Lord and it applied to Cheetah. It did not apply Gold to Gold is always better than silver. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. With the armor? Yeah. Well, apparently, well, we all know that gold isn't as strong. And, oh. and it apparently gets torn through very easily by, by women with claws. Oh. So. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the whole thing. It, and and I, there, I, heard, I heard a lot of people complaining that it didn't even need to be in there. I personally liked it because... I, I think it's important to show, you know, the development of Diana to become this fierce warrior. And I, I'm more than willing to bet that the third one will probably have a 15 or 16-year-old, you know, uh, Diana with with this girl, again, reprising her role, um, learning to really become the warrior that she wants to become, the greatest warrior of her island. Uh, and I don't know. Again, it just seemed weird that the idea is, is that you're supposed to tie the moral of the lesson at the beginning of the film with their past to the hero. And that did not happen here with her. It happened with the bad guys, which made a really weird connection that I don't think anybody understood personally. But that's just me. Dead air. All right. So that being said... um, I guess, I mean, there's probably a lot more we can talk about. And I know we've probably missed some things that we talked about before when we came up with the idea for this podcast. Um, but I think it's safe to say that neither one of us will ever want to watch this film again, except maybe me as a hate watch, just to kind of make fun of. And it, I probably won't even do that because I loved the original Wonder Woman movie. Uh, from 2017. We all, again, we own it. I, I even bought a hat because I loved it that much. You know, I, I tend to, you know, buy things that of things that I really like. Things that, not just any old thing, but I, I liked the hat that I saw and then I found out that it was actually made of velvet. It was made of real Wonder Woman. It was made of real Wonder Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, oh, it's velvet. But, you know, like, I don't care. You know what? It still looks cool. Oh, no, wait. It wasn't just velvet. It was crushed velvet. Crushed velvet, yes. <laughs> I, have a, I have a Wonder Woman crushed velvet hat um, with, Wonder Woman's, with Wonder Woman's logo scrawled in it. And I, I love it. I absolutely love that hat. Ironically, I, crushed velvet, popular in 1984. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it ties in. It does tie in. There you go. But to, to see what kind of a disaster this film ended up becoming, it's got a... Um, uh, I looked this up, uh, at least on uh, IMDb, it's got a rating of 5.5 uh, out of 10 and a 60% Metascore with critics, which is a C, and then the 5.5 is about maybe a D plus with fans. Um, I, I haven't looked at other films, but I'd be willing to bet that this is probably, if not the one of the worst rated DC Universe films uh, that has come out since they've started this series. And oh God, don't give people guarantees on that because there have been some pretty clunkers. Well, I'm sure there probably have been. But what what happens is is that you had a clear victor 
a film that most people really, really liked in the original. And were very excited for this. For the sequel to happen, yes. And to see the end result of this, what appeared to be too many cooks uh, in the kitchen uh, kind of thing, where, again, it seemed to try to go in so many different directions and ended up having such a run, long runtime that you you wonder who was watching this who who thought this 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 particular length and and and, and amalgam of tales and ideas and, and genres and, and and tropes and everything and the the the, the bad special effects and, and the and the the again the anachronistic things i mean you've got this period piece you think somebody would have been paying attention. They know the internet is going to find this stuff out. That somebody couldn't even Google when a certain video game or song came out. That they go, maybe we should probably just use a Pac-Man machine or a Ms. Pac-Man machine instead, you know. And maybe find a song from like, I don't know, 1984. Hold on, I figured out something I liked. What's that? The original Wonder Woman do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do song that they put in... I can't think of how it goes. You mean the Wonder Woman? No, no, no. They didn't put that in. No, the original, like, oh, Wonder Woman's doing her thing. Okay. I've been fired. Where did that song come in? No, that's like her, oh my God, she's doing stuff song. You know, like... No! No, it's not the 1970s. No, from the original film. The original film. The score oh, from dun, like. I mean, like the dun 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 dun, like that kind of thing. I, I don't know, but we're gonna spend hours trying to figure it out. No, maybe I'll find a song clip and I'll insert it oh, here man. to. So go ahead, you continue. To no, 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 no! You don't should, we're not keep talking. You don't. Well, we're. I'll look it up and I'll throw a sound bite keep in. Keep talking. I gotta figure it out. No oh, boy, it's gonna make me crazy. Uh, all right. Well, that being said, I think we're pretty much at the end here. So, um, Wonder Woman 84, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give it? <laughs> you can't uh, say 8.4 is a joke because we know it's not an 8.4. No, like... I'm going to give it a four. Okay. And because, why a four? Why not like a three or, an, or a six? Because or, it's 84. Uh-huh. 1984, four points for it. Four, four points for this film. Four points for this film. See, I was going to say 4.8 because it seemed to be backwards in, in exactly what the other film did correct. <laughs> That's going to be my 4.8. That's my score. So, <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, that being said, I think we can wrap it up for now. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, please hit the subscribe button. We would appreciate it. You would be probably one of the first people ever to do this. Uh, we will work the kinks out. We will hopefully find our voice even more. And uh, we'll see if uh, we do this again. I, I certainly think we had a lot of fun doing this. I don't know about you. What do you think? Uh, Put the phone down. I'm just trying to search for the Wonder Woman theme song. <laughs> so. Okay. All yeah, right. That's not it. <laughs>
That's All it. right. That's, that's the, what I've been trying to that's say. That's what the you whole were time. trying to say yeah, the, the whole time. Okay. Well, I got the bottom half right. I was going to dun 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 dun. Okay, we're done, folks. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, you'll hear from us another time. And you have yourselves a good day. Thanks. Good night. This is dynamite. What do you think? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think we can do better.